0: selling their business, they regret making that change in life because they, they have focused their conversations so much around the money, around the exit, around the, the deal even, that they forget that there's a life they're waking up to that's absent of what they've known for a very long time. Welcome
1: to the Business Owner Transition with Mike Quinlan, where we bring you content to help you transition your business on your terms. Hey everybody, it's Mike again, and welcome back to the Business Owner Transition podcast. So I've got a question for you. When you get in that elevator and you talk to somebody in the elevator next to you and they ask you what you do, What do you tell them? Hi, I'm Mike Quinlan and I run the Business Owner Transition Academy, and I've got a great podcast. Well, my question for you is: when you sell your business, what are you going to say? And that's the point of today's conversation with Charlie Jordan. Charlie is a senior partner with Brightworth here in Atlanta. Charlie is a CPA, he's a CFP, and He is a certified financial transitions planner. And so Charlie runs a practice at Brightworth called Retiring Well. Charlie, tell me a little bit about what Retiring Well is. And then what we're going to do is we're going to tie that into what we see with business
0: owners as they get ready to sell their company. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me, Mike. Retiring Well is really the answer to a question in our industry about what is retirement. And oftentimes when people look at retirement, it, it becomes a math problem. It's a technical conversation. Do you have enough? What's your number? All those different cliches you see. And retiring well is more about life and retirement and how your money can be used to actually improve your life and the life of others around you. Yeah, and so, Charlie, I would
1: tell you that one of the terrible things about selling your business is that you only have about a 25% probability of actually being happy you did. And here at the Business Owner Transition podcast, we talk about the elite exit. And the elite exit is made up of a couple of things. One is maximizing value of the transition. Two is doing it on your terms. And three is not having regrets about the fact that you did it. And so many people out there have such a difficult time achieving the elite exit. As a matter of fact, only about 3% of all business owners can achieve that type of exit. What we see often is the lack of actual preparation, right? When you are going to expect to have this elite exit. What do you have to have? You've got to have elite preparation. And what we see is that people think about the money. They think about maybe preparing their company. We talk to them about the I'm good checklist pretty much every time we do this show. But they don't often think about the success formula And one component of the success formula, the success is equal to process times vision times desire. And in some of these other podcasts, we're going to go through all of those elements. But today, let's talk about the one that kills deals and causes people to profoundly regret selling their business within a year of doing it. Mm. And that is lack of vision, not thinking about what that elevator speech is on day one, after their retirement. Charlie, let's talk a little bit about how you help people prepare for this big change in their life. So what are the other things that you see successful retirees do? And why is it so important to have an approach like yours as you work with people that are selling their businesses or otherwise retiring versus you know, these guys with the big green line and, and, and all the what's your number type jargon. How is, how is what you're
0: doing better than that? Sure. Well, at Retiring Well, one of the first things that we do is say there are two parts of money. There are the technical side and there's the personal side. And they're both equally important. So the, the technical side and the money and the math problem, that's important. It's really important to do that and make sure that you know exactly how much you need what is does uh, your cash flow look like? That's going to happen. You're going to figure that out. But we don't spend enough time talking about what is the personal side looking like. What are we going to spend our time doing? What is our purpose truly going to be? To your point, we get to the other side of this, and we've probably made a lot of assumptions that we're just going to get there, and it's just going to, we're just going to figure it out. So a lot, of, a lot of people sort of romanticize what retirement looks like. It's the absence of all the things they hate now. All the things in your business, all the things in your work that you don't like doing, you're no longer going to have to do those. Monday morning, you don't have to get up early and go attack what you have to attack. And I think what happens is people enjoy that for a period of time. But there comes a time where they, to your point, they get to a place where maybe they regret. They regret selling their business. They regret making that change in life because they... They have focused their conversations so much around the money, around the exit, around the the deal even, that they forget that there's a life they're waking up to that's absent of what they've known for a very long time. And one of the questions I ask people is, how long have you worked? And most successful people are going to go, oh, man, wow, wow. I had a paper route when I was nine and, and I've been working ever since. And that's a very common refrain of successful people. They work for a long period of time and suddenly they're in a place where they have an institution that's no longer part of their life. And that's a that's a hard transition. So it's, it's like a lot of things in life where maybe it's hard, but the regret is something that maybe you have to hit pause to know whether you have regret for a while. I use the example all the time of, you remember when you had your first child? I do. Now we're two guys. So obviously what it was required of us is very different than it is for our wives, but that was a hard time. No sleep, babies waking up at three in the morning, trying to figure out just what this new life looks like. It was hard. Most people don't regret that part of their life, right? And, and they would say, having children was a, a glorious, awesome part of my life. I wouldn't give it up for the world. But that period of time, that transition was very difficult. And I think business owners, anyone who's retiring is going to go through that type of transition. And they may regret it because it's hard. But again, what we have to make sure we're doing is we have to retire to something. We have to have a purpose that we're thinking about. And to your point before, we're not doing the planning. We're not doing the planning to make sure that we're gonna be able to actually spend the time doing what we wanna do in retirement. We're not thinking about what we're gonna spend our time doing. So one of the things that we're trying to always do is help people vision what life is going to look like in retirement. Well, you know, in the
1: process that we use as we're working and doing consulting with business owners preparing them for transition in phase one we look at it's the assessment phase we look at their business and we look at them personally to see what really is their readiness what do we have to work with and how much time do we have to work with it and part of that is using your assessment tool that, that talks about that. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about your assessment tool and preparing for that retirement.
0: Sure. The assessment tool you're talking about is the elements of retirement assessment. And it's, it's not unlike what maybe people have seen in some sort of uh, life uh, wheel assessment or something along those lines, where you take a look at 10 elements of life and we call it the elements of retirement. It could be things like family and aging and, housing and uh, giving, even all these different areas of life. And what is sort of the satisfaction level you have with them now? And where do you want that to be a year from now? And the reason we do that is just to give people an opportunity to kind of say, where am I on these different areas? And is there a way I can actually use this wealth? Maybe it's wealth that's coming from the, the sale. Can I use wealth to improve or move my satisfaction level in this area of my life. And I think that's an area that's, that's a way that we can help people just take stock of where they are. And I think oftentimes we we do that towards the end of the year, getting to new year's, we start making resolutions. We have a reflective kind of uh, way about us. And this is a tool that we can use to just kind of say, where are we? Where do we want to be? and how are we gonna use our wealth, which is what financial planning is, by the way. It's using your wealth to improve an area of your life. And uh, the whole point for us there is to kind of continually look at that and making sure that what people are wanting out of life, they're able to approach and achieve through the use of their wealth. So one of the things that you are wanting to do is you want to put into context what this wealth can actually do for you. It opens a lot of doors. It allows you to do a lot of things that maybe you couldn't otherwise. But I think the biggest thing for retirees is money gives you agency and autonomy over your decision-making. When you don't have money, you kind of are stuck. There's just only so many things you can do. When you have wealth, you have more options available to you. But again, if we make this about money, it's, it's half the equation. If you make this about your time how you spend your time, the relationships you have, how you're going to use money in a strategic way to maybe enhance those things. Yeah, there's things you can do. You could buy airline tickets for the kids to come see you all the time. You may, however, decide I'm actually going to move. I'm going to change where I live to be able to invest the time in my family. So there's there's different ways of looking at it. Money is a tool. It's something that we can always use, but it's not going to cure all your ills. It's not going to solve all your problems. It's not going to change all your circumstances, but it does allow you a lot of optionality. It allows you a lot of agency over your decision making.
1: The interesting part about your assessment, it's a conversation starter so that we get an understanding and can sometimes challenge our clients on the Vision that they have built in their mind about what the future is going to really look like versus what they're actually looking for. In a scenario that you just kind of described, I had a client one time that bought a big piece of property. His children were all around the United States. He expected for them to just really want to come and join him on the property. Mm Mm-hmm. And he was going to pay for them all to be able to do it. But what he found out was that, guess what? These people have busy lives. That's right. You know, they've got kids, they've got soccer practice activities, yeah. you know, <laughs> right. they want to go play golf. They've got all these different things yep. and it's not necessarily to go see dad. And it, that was really tough for him. You know, it was really hard because it wasn't consistent with the vision that he had. From working for all of these years. Right. And then all of a sudden, everybody, he was going to be happy because people were going to be, you know, his family was going to be around. Yeah. And that transition period, I always tell people that the first year after selling your business is really hard because you're trying to, if you've not done that elite preparation and understand what your identity is going to be post-transaction, now you've got to struggle to figure out what it is. Sure going to the golf course every day. And and like you said earlier, getting up at 10 in the morning,
0: yeah, you know, that's
1: great for like two weeks, but then what?
0: Yeah. Right. You still wake up at five. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: You know, and your mind's going and all the rest of it. I, I think you had a great story about somebody that struggled with that, but then
0: found a purpose and that became their elevator speech. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you see that a lot with when people get engaged in philanthropy, I think that's where you see that happen where before maybe it was something that I could write a check and help a problem. And that was my job. I mean, I was making a lot of money and I had the capability to do that. So yes, I'm going to support this organization. And I think I've seen a lot of people that have entered their retirement years and they've shifted their definition of success before it was making money. And now it's, I want to be impactful. And I think in particular, the baby boomer generation is, is, is feeling that. They want to be impactful in what they do. And so when they get engaged in philanthropy, they're, they're, they're sensing a, a purpose in that. Uh, the gentleman uh, that I was talking about earlier, you know, he, he ended up finding an organization that was supporting the AIDS effort in Botswana. It was sort of a random thing. He made a trip to Botswana, ended up meeting the right people. But because of his wealth and connections, he ended up meeting members of parliament in Botswana and ultimately the president of Botswana, who ended up staying at his home years later uh, as a personal friend. And it became really the passion of his life in many ways uh, in his retirement years. You know, this was a guy that worked hard, he was a hard charging businessman. If you had told him 20 years ago that you were going to be spending the majority of your time, COVID notwithstanding, in Botswana and helping with the AIDS epidemic in Botswana, he would have told you, you're out of your mind. Like, that's, I live in Atlanta, Georgia. That's just not, that's not on my radar. Right place, right time, talked to the right person, made a commitment because he had the time to do it. And he said yes to something that would have never been something he would have said yes to before because he wouldn't have had the time to do it. And he wouldn't have had the capacity to be able to do that. And because he was retired, he had the freedom to say yes. Right.
1: So, as we start to work with business owners and we look at that first phase where we're assessing their readiness and they start telling us about, yeah, I'm going to go to the golf course and I'm going to do all that. And I actually have a client right now who, I've told them that that they only have a 25% probability they're actually going to be happy that they sold their business. And he got really scared about that. And he said, Mike, I, I have to tell you a story. I said, okay. He said, I play golf every almost every day. And I play golf with the same three other guys. And those three guys have all sold their business. I'm the only one. I'm getting ready to do that. I haven't done it yet. But that's that's what's next for me. And... Out of my golf foursome, I've got two guys that are just mad and upset all the time because they sold their business, and they constantly bitch about it on the golf course. The other guy is a drug addict. I said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, he's had such a difficult time adjusting to the fact that he's sold his business that you know he's, he's having to take medication because of it. And I don't want to be that. I don't want to be four out of four. I want to be the 25% guy that actually is, is happy that I sold my business. So there's a very concrete demonstration in real life about how difficult it is for people to make this transition. So as we assess people's readiness for transition, what are some of the things that listeners can do to start thinking about, am I really ready?
0: If I'm going to say, I'm just going to go to the golf course, is that enough? I think it's a very difficult thing to assume that someone's going to be able to step into retirement and not have that kind of experience when they're completely consumed currently in their business, when their business is 100% of their life, if they're really honest with themselves, I think that's a very difficult transition to step into. So first thing you probably need to do is start thinking about how do I create the right priorities for myself now? you're not going to change those stripes overnight. You're just now going to be not making any money. And that's probably why most people suffer because they say, well, I had a lot of control. I had a lot of power over my situation, but I was making a lot of money doing that. And now I have complete control over my situation. I have a lot of power in my, my situation. And all I'm doing is draining my account. And that's the mindset that some people end up having. No wonder they feel depressed and anxious and, lack sort of purpose. And so, yeah, you have to understand there's an identity shift that's going to have to happen, but it might need to start happening before you sell your business. And that's a very hard task because the process of getting ready for and selling your business, you're all in, right? So that's a very difficult thing for people to do. But if you start to understand where you can start to place your priorities and what really matters most to you, that's, I mean, that's the mission of Brightworth is helping empower people to focus on what matters most. If your business is what matters most to you, that's going to be a hard transition. Yeah, that's perfect. And that's well said, because one of the things I look
1: for as I talk with with new clients is what their willingness is to pull away from the from the pilot seat. In the I'm Good checklist, we have M is institutionalization of management. It's one of the key value drivers to build that uh, transferable value. The thing that I often see happen is that the business owner is so consumed with the business and the identity of being in the business that it paralyzes their ability to turn over control, right? To kind of actually let the succession plan start to happen. And that needs to happen. The inability to to allow that to, to move forward freezes people. And one of the things I ask them all the time, I say, what is your timeline? When do you want to jump across that fence, right? And a lot of them won't tell me. They'll say, well, it's gonna be in the next three to five years. I'm like, well, let's be more specific. If you don't have a firm exit timeline, then how do you back up from that right. and hold yourself accountable? For doing all the things that you need to do to achieve elite preparation Mm -hmm. so you can get to that elite exit. Right. And I think what you're talking about right now, right, is that mental preparation about, okay, have I really included my spouse in my thoughts and feelings about what I want to do afterwards? Right. I, I was at a Georgia football game not long ago, and I was speaking to somebody that was—we're uh, we at the tailgate, we we're having beer, and he asked me what I did, and I started talking to him about, about working with uh, business owners that were going to be transitioning, and the majority of those are people that are going to transition into retirement. They're going to hang up their spurs. And part of what we do—and I explained to him about the 75 percent that are really unhappy— and it was interesting because he turned to me and he said, you know, I'm going through the same thing. And he was a corporate executive. See a sweet guy with a big company in the Midwest. And uh, he said, I go to the golf course every day. I go to the coffee shop first and I have coffee and I talk to people. And then I go to the golf course and I... Meet with my friends and it's a great place. It's my it's my other place, right? It's my family away from family. And he said, but the problem I'm having is that my wife is really unhappy now that we're retired because she's not fulfilled. She's not doing the things that that she visioned for retirement. And so we're having to we're having the struggle to be able to to get there. And so it's not just the business owner. It's everybody that doesn't really prepare or has these false visions of what it is they're going to do. And they can't figure out how to execute it because maybe they're just thinking about the money is going to get them there.
0: It's not that softer side that actually does get them there. Right, right. One of the assessments that we do is something called retirement observations. And what's so powerful about this is it allows you to think about people you've seen retire before you. Most people automatically go to their parents. That's like the number one person that they look at. And what we do in this assessment is say, here's a list of attributes of people who have retired well. What have you observed in people who've retired well? And that's a very subjective definition. And then we have a column over on the other side of the page that says, here's a list of attributes of people who haven't retired well. Again, very subjective. And it's a fun process because people kind of get to be judgmental a little bit. You know, we all kind of like to point our finger and say, okay, yeah, that person did this and that's not good. And you may not even know the full story of if that's even the truth or not of why they retired well or didn't. But what it does is it allows us to take a look at really what are we fearing and what are we looking for? Because there's a lot of assumptions about what retirement looks like, but most of it's built on the visions of people we've seen go before us. We either have a vision of people like our parents, we have friends that may have retired, and we all sort of know the the negatives and the positives. And I'll tell you, Mike, most of these have nothing to do with money. Absolutely nothing. It's You know, the people who didn't retire well could be well. They had no purpose and they sat around all day watching cable news and got angry at the world. You know, we we all know those people, right? We may we may be those people (laughs) if we're not careful, right? Um, You you may see people who say that this person got a new purpose, whether it was philanthropic or um, you know another business, even that. They had another sort of you know outlet for their entrepreneurial spirit yeah i've seen that before as hey here's a definition of retire well Um, people that engaged with social relationships and made sure that they kept their social relationships strong and reinvested in many of those that they couldn't when they were working Um, and then the flip side is people say you know they just they just sat around all day they didn't have a purpose in life so um, I think with, um, with observations, we can start to see our, our assumptions, what are our assumptions of what retirement is going to look like both good and bad. And that's something that can help us kind of navigate through that, especially as a couple, because I think you're right. I think, uh, it's one thing for a business owner to think about what does life look like when I'm no longer a business owner? What does married life look like when I'm no longer working too? Right. There's that old cliche. I married you for life, but not for lunch. You know, you've kind of kind of heard of that. You know, I've seen that happen in corporate America and this is maybe very stereotypical, but I've seen the guy from corporate America who's running a business unit come and try to run his household the same way. And that really quickly gets old for everybody. You got to go get a job. You need to do something different. But uh, I think the more you can engage in this process as a spouse and as a married couple ahead of this, man, it allows you to start to say, Hey, there's maybe some bucket list items out there as a couple that we haven't accomplished that haven't done. How can we, how can we lean into that? How can we use our wealth to maybe do some of that? And one of my, one of my clients um, I asked him about six months into retirement, I said, uh, well, how's it going? And I was kind of expecting like, oh, you know, it's just, it's this change, it's a struggle. He said, I was made for this. I was like, wow, <laughs> that's a great story. Usually I hear a lot of people struggle and he said, he said, look, at the end of the day, I get to date my wife and I'm not worried about how much it costs. All right, that's that's purpose. Now, I know probably some people listen to as like, oh my gosh, that sounds horrible. But that was his purpose is, man, I get to spend time with my wife that I didn't do. This guy traveled the world as part of a sales job and was always gone, whining and dining other people all the time. And now he's like, I get to spend time with my wife. I get to date her. I get to spend money on her. I get to do those things that uh, I want to do. And the cost is not the concern any longer. It's about the time I spend on it. And I thought that was a great perspective.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's really cool. You know, uh, I get to I get to wine and dine my wife instead of somebody else. So it's a it's a <laughs> nice thing. So as we get close to wrapping up the. I think that the greatest, you know, kind of the biggest observation that we have here is that as you go into that final preparation phase to prepare your business to maximize value, and because you have a quality business, if you've done the proper planning, right, you've got the quality personal financial strength to help achieve the terms of the exit uh, that you want. The last piece of it is that, can you do it without regret? Mm. We also need to be thinking about preparing ourselves and our family. And it takes time to do that. Like you said earlier, it's not one of those things where the week prior you sit down and you go through a checklist and you you decide, okay, I've I've got, I've got it all figured out. It takes time to do it. You know, when we talk to people about preparing their business, we like to work with them three years in advance. And we certainly, you know, that 18 months prior, that's go time right there. That's there's a lot of stuff going mm-hmm. on there. And you should be thinking about the softer side of your of your transition in that three-year window. You should be identifying what your future purpose is gonna be. Get out of this mantra of I'm gonna go play golf every day. Think about what it is you are gonna do to self-actualize post business transition. And it's not easy. It's not. And I know that you've got a, a newsletter that you do. It's uh, that is called the retiring well connection. That's right. And tell me a
0: little bit about what that's all about. Sure. It's, it's a biweekly newsletter. So every two weeks it, it goes out and there's, there's plenty of articles that you can read about social security strategies or you know how to you know make the most out of your investment portfolio etc and not to make light of those but really try to highlight articles that either we write or or those we've curated where looking at those different elements of retirement that i talked about you know we're doing an article right now that's talking about giving it's the end of the year everyone's thinking about generosity and giving and so what is the element of, of giving look like um there's uh even practical articles, uh, things like, you know, what nine pictures should you have on your iPhone uh, to be prepared for different uh, emergency situations? Like just trying to think about life aspects of retirement, uh, both practical, maybe even emotional, but some of the technical sprinkled in. Um, and so we, we try to make sure that we're just kind of getting a very wide swath of um articles and resources for people that really prepare them for retirement, but also as they're in retirement, like we want this to be very useful and valuable for them. I've looked at at
1: your newsletter and I've sent it out to to clients. I look at it as a way to facilitate texture, right? Money is, I mean, it's a commodity. Many, many people can advise you on money and it's going to be very similar to the to the next people down that's the road, right, right? But if you can advise on retirement and retiring well, and money is just a tool to, to be part of that and add texture to your retirement through thinking about these other different topics that mm-hmm. you might be talking about, you know, we can't, you know, we're, we're not psychiatrists or psychologists, and we're not, you know, uh, uh everything that is going to, be roses and, and all the rest of it. But if we can get you to think about that's right some of these things that you might be able to change your purpose as you, as you think through your retirement,
0: that's probably a pretty good thing. Well, and all those things have a profound impact on your money. right? I mean, if you're, if you're not doing those things well, it's costly. Yeah. And so, you know, we don't, we don't want this to sound like we're just uh, sort of, you know, rainbows and unicorns and roses over here. This is very real. This is real life and real financial impact. When you think about these areas of your life, how you're using your money to improve those areas of your life or not, uh, those are real things. And I think oftentimes what happens in our business, in financial planning and investments, people just think about trying to maximize. And we think about the ideal plans. So we put a financial plan together, but it's sort of idealized. We have to make sure that we're taking into consideration all the contingencies. You're talking about preparing for retirement and preparing for the sale of your business. Well, you may have an offer come along tomorrow. And you may be retired three months from now where that was not part of the plan. We see that in corporate America a lot, but in the business world, it happens the same way where this is too good to pass up. I wasn't ready for this, but I would be an idiot to not go ahead and execute on this. But now what? Now what? And so you, now you're stuck. So again, the thoughtfulness and planning that goes into this ahead of time, even if you don't know or think or even want it to happen, can make this a better transition for you, for your, for your family, especially for you and your spouse.
1: Yep. Now, that's a great point. And we talk to our mid-stage growth company owners all the time about You know, executing the five phase process and the I'm good checklist and the success formula, not because they're going to retire or they're going to sell their business in the next five years, but because there is between two and three trillion dollars of private equity money floating around out there looking for a place to land. The people that are listening to this podcast. Probably already have unsolicited offers on their desk for their business. Think of how much power you have or how empowered you are through elite preparation and thinking about these things as you're running your business versus thinking about things. I call it the easy button. When are you going to get ready to to sell your business? Well, when I'm ready to sell my business, I'm going to hit the easy button and it's all going to work fine. And that's why. Only 25% are actually happy that they sold their business.
0: We have such a binary way in which we look at this too. And I don't care if you're a business owner or if you're, you know, leading a team in corporate America, we think of work and we think of retirement. It's on and it's off. And I've, I've talked to several clients where I say, look, you're, you're still young. It's relative, obviously, but you're still young. You're not really ready to be done, but you have to be right now done with this.
1: Yeah, great point.
0: Maybe you just need a sabbatical. Maybe you need a time to just reassess and think about what does the next phase look like. And if you're mid-50s to mid-60s, You may have four decades ahead of you and you've, you've been an entrepreneur, you've been a go-getter and suddenly that's going to change. It just doesn't change overnight. And I think that's where so much of the anxiety comes in when people feel restless and they feel, they don't feel productive and they needed a break they were, they were burning the candle at both ends and they were physically suffering for it and everything else, but maybe they didn't need to just completely quit. Maybe they just needed to change gears and go a different direction. Right. And there's a, um, there's a gentleman that's a sort of a consultant in our industry. His name is Mitch Anthony. And he talks about re dash tiring. So the, the, the image of we're pulling into the pit stop and we're just putting four new tires on and we're going to get back on the track. And sometimes that's what people need to do. They need to take a little bit of a break. They need to reassess. They sold their business and they need to think about what the next thing might be. It may be a consulting gig. It may be a new business. It may be half of what they've been doing before. It may be that they need to go sit on some boards on the, on a charity for a little while, whatever it might be. But so often we, we try to take these people out of the game where they have so much energy, so much wisdom, so much passion They're but they're exhausted and they just need a break. They don't need to retire. And so many of them end up feeling like Brett Favre, right? They retire. Like I still can come back. I can still <laughs> throw a touchdown. And, you know, eventually you got to finally retire. Right? As long you, as
1: I'm wearing my copper stuff, right. hey, I'm, I'm
0: good. <laughs> eventually you do have to hang it up. But, you know, Brett Favre came back and he had some successful seasons even yeah. when he came back. And I, I look at some of these business owners and just the fire that got them where they were. And there's a whole host of reasons why they're at a point where they need to sell their business. Either they're they're ready to be done or it's just opportunistic. That's right. And the idea that you need to be done now, I think that psychology of that is just hard for some people because they're like, wait, I'm not ready to be done. I'm not not old. Well, I
1: think, too, that fear is a, yeah, the emotion of fear is just such a strong one. And I have clients that I sit and talk to and I, I talk to them about, Yeah, they're ready, they're done, they're tired, they want, just as you're describing, they're ready to move on to the next big thing. The problem is they're afraid to do it. And that fear drives them to poor decision-making with regard to how they transition. And those poor decisions could be, well, I'm just not going to make a decision and I'm not going to do anything. Or you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be one foot in, I'm going to be one foot out. I'm going to kind of sell it to, you know, somebody in the business and I'm still going to have control and I'm going to go do all my retirement stuff, but I can get a taste. Right. And that is a really tough road to take. And, but they can't commit to that full break, right? Where, it would be best for them and their family financially. It would be best for them mentally. But that fear of actually making that decision and being away from what they've had for all these years or maybe they've had for multiple generations just locks them up and they can't do it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, there's seasons of life too. And, you know, very stereotypically, we're probably talking to a lot of guys. And I think a lot of women handle this type of life transition very well. I, I think about women who are sort of working and they're doing their thing and then become a mom. And that that's a very difficult dynamic to manage. And many of them decide, I want to be a full-time mom. Some of them want to go back to work. You know, there's no right or wrong answer. There's just each person has to make that decision. But... For those who decide to be full-time mom, it takes a little while for that identity to change. That's right. But once, there, once that finally new normal finally happens, and that happens with every transition. We talk about that even with retirement. We talk about that anticipation phase, looking forward to this. There's a lot of romanticizing or dreading. There's that transition phase where it's just chaos, and then you get to a new normal. And when you get to a new normal, you, you take on the identity of where you are. Now that isn't always positive. There's a lot of retired folks who get to the new normal, new normal and say, ah, I don't like this. And that's, that's a hard, that's a hard road. But I think about some of these women who do that, they get to that place and, and, and many of them, you'll, you'll know them as, you know, this full-time mom and they were, they were hard charging in the boardroom just three years prior. And they have able to make that switch. And uh, I think guys can learn a lot of lessons from that kind of environment where they say, hey, life does change sometimes. And, and we have to be willing to allow our identity to change with it and our circumstances change with it. And whether you become grandpa and whether you become the angel investor, maybe that's maybe that's your new identity. right? Where you start to say, hey, I'm able to apply all these business skills that I had, and I'm just going to do a lot of good with it. Yeah. You know, and and sometimes there's just a whole period of experimentation that it takes to get to that place where you feel like, okay, I finally have reached this. But as business owners who are used to sort of I dial this over here and I dial this over here and this things are going to happen in my business, your life doesn't always work that way. But it's going to take some experimentation. It's going to take some time. Um, You talk about the no regret and the one thing that I would say is people need to make sure they give themselves time. Cause I can guarantee you probably two days after you retire, you're probably going to regret it because it's going to feel so weird because you've worked for so long or may- maybe give it a week, you know, cause for a while it's just going to feel like vacation. Well, that's right. But eventually it's not going to be vacation anymore. It's going to be every day and you have to then seek what is the purpose of my day? You know, finally a- another sort of exercise we do with folks at Retirement Well is an ideal weekend retirement exercise. Like it's a blank calendar, it's, it's not anything fancy. Tell me what you're gonna spend your time on. Okay, I got a tea time on this day, and I you know, go to lunch on this day, and I do this, and a couple things either happen. Either they realize, wow, I'm gonna actually be pretty busy, or they say, there's a whole lot of white space on this. I probably ought to give it a little bit more thought about what I'm gonna spend my time on and start to get the expectation that it's going to be spent differently. But you and I both know people who are retired and they're some of the busiest people we know. I can't even get them on the calendar. And, and it's because they have found other ways to spend their time. Um, even if it's not quite as quote unquote productive as it was when they were in business, it's productive for them and they're spending their time how they want to spend their time. So every the listeners that
1: are out there they can obviously they're going to be able to put a link to the Retiring Well newsletter awesome. yep. in the in the podcast but they can go to brightworth.com and go to the Retiring Well section of the website Absolutely. that you run mm-hmm. with your picture on the front of it right mm-hmm. yeah. and they'll be able to get access to finding out how
0: to do these, these checklists and these, um, the various assessments that you have. That's uh, right. They'll be able to download the elements of retirement assessment, and they'll also be able to subscribe to the retirement well connection on that website. They'll also see all the blog posts and articles that we've written for retiring well in that space.
1: Perfect. And for those of you that are considering joining the Academy, we'll be having another Academy session that will be starting in March of uh, 2022. So we're taking registrations for those. So you can go to the owneracademy.com website and be able to see that. Charlie is going to be teaching in two different sections of that Academy. He'll be in the first section where we talk about assessing your readiness for transition. And then he will also be joining uh, Mike DeWitt in the last session of our live cohorts, and he'll be talking about that actual transition. So Mike is going to be talking about financial-related activities, and Charlie's going to compliment Mike with some of these other things that we've been talking about today, about finding purpose and trying not to be in that 75%, but in that 25% who... Don't regret, regret the fact that they've sold their business, but more importantly, trying to be in the elite 3% that truly achieve that best exit. So Charlie, thank you very much. I appreciate you taking the time oh, this to, is fun. to thanks, come Mike. over and do this. We're going to do some more of these things and, yep. and talk about some more specific stuff, but thanks again. I, I truly appreciate it. Awesome. All right, guys, we will see you next time or talk to you next time on the business owner transition podcast. We'll see you next time.